0: I'm Ryan and this is You're Not Watching That, the podcast where I'm finally catching up with all those films I should have seen but my parents wouldn't let me. Right, it's time to step back in time and head to Kellerman's Holiday Camp in the summer of 1963. We see watermelons, thieving OAPs, rich versus poor, bump versus grind. We face social stigma, face on, and swan lift it into the air and boogie. It's Swayze and grey in Emil, Ardolino's 1987 classic, Dirty Dancing, or how it's set up north, Dotty Dancing. So dust off your Cuban heels, get on the floor, mobilize your mambo, and cha-cha-charge your cha-cha-cha, and uh, let's go. Anyway, that's it. That's intro done. We're done. I like to say intro done, even though it's obviously intro done. Uh, and what has been done is The Beautiful Country of Brazil by Dan Fudge. Hello, Dan. Or should I say, yes. hello, uh, it's hola, or Ola i don't think it's hola that'd be weird i don't want a great big inventory of everything you did so far because there's been a question mm-hmm. that's been burning into the back of my head since you've gone yeah. how often while swanning around Brasilia, uh not Brasilia, obviously i think you went to rio uh did you hear this music oh yeah yeah oh ah oh not once i was raging I was ready. I thought Mashkinada would be on all over the place. It's no. just not. I expected I don't know why, but I expected to like a just a repetitive drumbeat just in the background yeah. at all times on Copacabana Beach. It just, it just didn't happen. It was just the city on the beach. Like, but you know, I've seen some amazing things, don't get me wrong. Um, the one of the weirdest things I, I say it's weird, but I hope you know what I mean by this. Because, you know, some people nowadays might find this this sort of observation objectionable but i just want you to just just come at it from my perspective Texas. no it's not right okay. so so uh the, the missus and i we went to um we went to Ipanema and copacabana and Ipanema is what you'd call the uh you know the lgbtq side right so we went there we you know it, it was a lot safer it was less ag than than copacabana it was actually really fun but There was a bit where I was stood up and I don't, we'd only been there like three or four days and I was stood up in a pair of swimming shorts as you do on holiday. And then you just stop and take a look around and there's all these homosexual men in absolute glorious shape. I was all of a sudden the fattest man in Rio at this point. Like I've never felt so aware that I'm just wearing a pair of shorts at this point. Like, you know what I mean? How many months of working? In it. I've been I've been going every day for like two years just to get upset, just to get up staged by by the, by these guys cuddling and kissing each other. Which which wasn't the shocking bit, of course. You know what I mean? It was it was the fact that that, that you had these guys in absolute stunning shape and and you know that they, they, they were from the LGBTQ plus community and they were better shaped than me. They had a better tan than me, and right. they were better at football than me. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, at that, that point there, you're wishing you were back in Skeg on the beach, right? In it, in it. I went, hey, Skeg, I had game. In Skegness, I had game. But here, I've got a- anything that I thought I was good at. Done, done. You've got the uh, Rio des Dolores, a of way sat over there where you could have been with the Dunkleys from Barnsley down Skeg Beach. You've just got an absolute tire track round them. And now miss the Dunkleys really badly. Bloody yeah, hell, sorry about the Dunkleys. Um, so anything else? Any annoyances with the breakfast queues? Anyone piss you off? Um, any anger? Uh, uh, the, break, the breakfast buffet is always one of my favourite things to watch. Uh, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Always, always a top end visitor attraction for me because people seem to lose the mind when they're presented by cereals or cheeses and hams on one side, or just an array of pastries. People lose their mind, and and now I've got the mistis on it. So she, she's now sat there. I could be not facing somebody. I'll be eating my eating my eating my breakfast, and she'll go, look at that woman over there. Look at that. Oh, she's nice just that... So. She's just had ham cheese and a croissant. All right, that's not weird, but, you know, she's mixing the two up. And then she's just had a sweet pastry. And then now she's going to put, they did this thing like, you know, like the tomato sauce that comes with beans and spaghettis. Yeah. but just hot dogs and onions. It was actually yeah. really tasty. But they put that on their cheese and ham and she's pointing it out. I'm having the best time that she's involved. Shoulders are going, laughing away. Best cool? day of my life. She's, Sal, if you do listen to this podcast, you've created a fucking monster because like you just meant to sort of tuck a little bit and shake your head and go, fucking hell, Dan, let it go. It? Now in my head, bloody member of it. In my head, I'm going, vindication! <laughs> she understandeth the laser. <laughs> Now I'll say about it, some batty shit people have I remember I was at a songwriting retreat in Italy which is a sentence I never thought I'd say coming from Skeg. and in the morning they do the breakfast and it's like it's the old continental isn't it and there's some of the weird things people do with eggs you know I'm there getting yeah, yeah. a hard boiled egg thinking how can I make this into a dippy egg this motherfucker is well and truly cooked <laughs> it's like I could see people just like slicing it up and putting a bit of apricot with it I'm thinking what, what? I don't care what people say about good taste and French food's the best and this and that people are fucking bananas they'll put oat with oat you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, yeah. it's supposed to be porridge. But I mean, uh, what about you? Have you got any uh, combos that uh, you know most people think is strange? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, because I like, I'm, I'm very vanilla when it comes to. Well, I was like my, my, my stepmom used to tease me for only eating what she'd call kiddie veg because I only had peas, carrots, and that was about it. You know what I mean? Now yeah. I like spices, and I, you know, like my palate's changed and whatnot. La di da. Yeah. And that, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm accustomed to an international thing, but there was, there was a thing that, uh, and we'll get into this at some point because of the film that we're doing. Um, we used to go to the staff canteen, something that's not referenced in, uh, in Dirty Dancing, which I must admit annoyed me to death. There's no staff calf. but you'd go there. And I don't know if you remember back in the day, you'd have your protein, which was your, you know, your chicken or your meat or whatever. You'd have a side of peas and do you want chips? Yeah, I'll have chips. And then they'd go, do you want beans? Right, And then he used to put the beans on top of the chips like it was gravy or like it was some kind of curry sauce or whatever yeah. moisture. Oh, and sorry. it used to destroy... Why are you putting beans on? It's not gravy. Why are you... You're ruining me dinner. It used I used to slaughter me. I have this with pies. So I think that a pie, a good pie, already has a sauce within. Yes, so- Here's your your option. Chicken and mushroom can suck a dick. I can't stand mushrooms anyway. They taste like groin. So say I've got steak and, uh, you know, steak and ale, or I've got a nice mince, you know, mince beef pie. Other pies are available. They have their own sauce. That sauce is doing a job with Mm -hmm. the pastry, with the chips, with the peas. Someone has designed that to be together. People put beans with pies with sauce in or ketchup, and that blows my fucking head because beans are sweet with the tomato we ketchup, and ketchup is sweet, and you've got a savoury sauce in the pie, and I will—that is a—that is a—you know—a hill that I will die on uh, because I wouldn't <laughs> have it. I see people doing it, and I'm like, I know it's their choice, but I'm like, what the fuck are you doing adding sweet? So I bet you you don't put beans with a pie, do you, Dan? You I, I, it depends <laughs> if it's like a plateful of food. If there's a—if if I can use the chips as a as a breakwater. Then you know what I mean, and I want to mix the flavors up. Then yeah, go for it. But just to put beans specifically on top of a pie, which again at the Butlin staff uh, canteen, they used to put on they used to use this gravy on top of the pie with the beans. What is it with your beans? Some using beans wrong. It's a side, not a topping. Did I tell the story about the salt? Uh, Because I've told you this: there's a salt and the sugar. Yeah, you did did. on the pod. You did. Which, which episode? I can't remember. I, it was about two or three episodes ago, and you said yeah. that the really heavily Polish fella had put uh, no, sugar in all really, the salt yeah, put sugar in all the salt. So yeah, we'll come to that later on. You may be wondering, why are these two knobheads talking about staff canteens and stuff? Where was it? So um, we're going to come to Dirty Dancing, and we used to both work at, well, Dan for longer than me, at Butlins in Skegness, the home of uh, the uh, Northerners Entertainment, although there are other <laughs> ones as well. Um, so we sort of know this world fairly well. Now, this is in the Catskills, isn't it? Catskills or something like that. So it's so a part yeah. of the, uh, which always makes me think of cats doing things like welding. So <laughs> I just can't get it out of the head. So, have you been to the Catskills? Yeah. <laughs> where's, where, where's Tiddles? Oh, he's braiding a Shire horse's tail. Oh, he's, right, actually, uh, he's actually just doing some, <laughs> some metal work in the rain with Freddy Krueger, <laughs> wickering some baskets. <laughs> awfully wet for power tools. He shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> Anyway, so, uh, yeah, they're somewhere in New York State, up New York State. So this film, Dirty Dancing, uh, as I always do at the start, uh, let's just get moving. I know it's one that the the ladies love for various reasons, Uh, although I I do think, you know, paedophilia knocks on the door very lightly at some point in this film. Uh, But let's start with The Things That I Knew Before. The things I thought I saw, the things I knew before. So out of all the films we've done, I reckon this is the one I've known the most of. Uh, because of a few reasons. Now, one of them is the iconic scenes, the lift, the bit in the water, the bit on the log, the line about baby in a corner. As I said to you before, when I was still dancing, um, what you call it, Die Hard and Yippee motherfucker, I don't know the relevance of it. I knew about so and so in a corner because I knew because of this. I knew she was called Baby. I didn't know his name. Now, the main reason I know most of it is because my mum on CD had the Dirty Dancing soundtrack. Which used to play on heavy rotation in our house. It's a cracking soundtrack full of soul and those sort of 60s and late 50s tunes as well. So, and I will come to it, but also randomly load of fucking 80s songs, um, which really bugs me that this is in 1963 and you've got that kind of shit. Anyway, so I knew the music really well, knew the scenes, I knew quite a lot of the lines, but really, other than that, didn't know a lot more about it. What about you, Dan? It's 1987. When did you first see it? I've never thought of that. I've never thought that it's got 80 songs in it, even though it's set in the 60s. Oh, That's, I'll, I'll get there. <laughs> I've never really thought my it. It's no a There's a beautiful song by Leslie Gore called You Don't Know Me. Uh, you Don't Own Me, which has been used no end on TikTok shit. You don't own me. And it's a, normally some fat girl from Rotherham all of a sudden just she's wearing lingerie. Uh, it all changes. Yeah, we're getting taken off. Who gives a fuck? Um, but in this version, it's like a bloke singing it. It's you tell me watch you do. And it's all like that. And it's Dr. Robert from uh who did uh in your scene um the blow monkeys blow monkeys and it's all very 80s version of... so even then they couldn't fucking leave it alone but we'll come to that later on dan first time having some dotty dancing when were it i was seven years old and it wasn't around at my mate paul barton's house it was back in the days of having a babysitter now i as we've probably mentioned before i can't remember i i had young parents you know what i mean and uh and they were still of an age, like in their early to mid-20s, that they still wanted to probably go out and go to the bosom and meet people and you know have fun as young people, right? Like like you and I did in our twenties. Big right? swingers, Dan. I'm just checking. No, not like that. Okay. <laughs> this was this was the 80s, right? right. So okay. so as it just came out on VHS, I remember having a babysitter and she was um she was what, twice my age, right? So mm-hmm. so she brought the video round to round to the house and 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 like she she, you know, there's a few movies that i watched because of this my parents let her get a video or whatever like, you know what i mean yeah, so yeah. movies like adventures in babysitting uh, the breakfast club dirty dancing hold on uh, stop stop your babysitter watched a, a thing called adventures in babysitting yeah that was weird I, and I, I, I thought it was hilarious sat there going are we gonna do any of this because uh, well you know that you know what like everybody talks about their first crush about like you know Kimberly from uh, from Power Rangers or Jet from Gladiators and stuff like that. Mine was Elizabeth Shoe in Adventures in Baby Shitting. Shitting top banana. Baby Shitting. What films was this fucking girl Listen, that was the uh, that was a porn parody. I got the titles mixed up. Hand that rocked the cradle. I was going to watch this while I look after your kid. <laughs> Again, don't <laughs> never seen it. I just know it's something to do with that. So, what did you, what were your initial thoughts on it? Because it's a bit, it's a bit fucking raunchy. It's a bit girly as well in it. So it weren't really, um, it weren't really up my street but there was nothing else happening it's not like i could wet the playstation on i'm seven year old like so i I don't want to go to bed i'm up late i thought it was great like you know what i mean i thought it was amazing that i was up past nine o'clock so there was a there was some have you ever like i always call it the golf scenario Have you ever just gone channel flicking or someone else's channel flicking and they just chuck the golf on and it's on for an hour and all of a sudden you're invested you just sat watching the golf or the tennis or some kind of sport that you've never watched before, and you're just going kabaddi. Oh. Yeah, I like. You've got a young daughter now, so you're probably sat watching Bluey. You're going, oh yeah, little oh, bit. So. Uh, although just turned, to, she's going to Star Wars. Like I said, so that's that's more of a thing now. She asks for the robots, the robots, I, I, and Red Zeppelin She's changed so much, Dan. She's blue is all happy. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, no. I would I would agree up to a point. Although I find golf one of the most banal, fucking boring sports in the world. But yes, by all means, unless it's everybody's golf. <laughs> Well, on the PlayStation with Kratos. We, we spent plenty <laughs> of time on that What did he used to say? He used to say something about nothing for you or... We used to play I can't remember. PlayStation. It was I... one of the first games that was online, wasn't it? We were trying to get into the right server room together and shit. It was a fucking nightmare. It was like, oh God, I'm going to have to look that, look that up in a minute. Maybe when you're talking, if I know what you're on about, i find the things Kratos says... In everybody's golf, or as we used to call it, are you up for a game of everybody's? Everybody's. So right. So yeah. So I watched Sorry, this, no, I, I, it's all right. I watched this movie and I thought it was great. And all of a sudden I remember being a kid and I was really invested in it. And there's a really poignant moment where she kind of I know I'm gonna skip forward it, but she kind of apologizes to her dad and says, Sorry, I let you down, dad. And I remember you get that sting in your nose when you find it really upsetting, you know, like. And, and you go, God! I'm gonna ball my eyes out at this bloody dancing film. Like I remember, I've got a really vivid memory of that when I, uh, when I watched it. Well, I'll, I'll openly admit this is the first of all the films we've watched that I cried at. Oh, nice. And I'll explain why. I think it's nostalgic based with, I, because in some ways I didn't really enjoy this, and it's a bit like coming to America, where it's a few films in once, and some of the characters go on a hell of a journey where they just turn into someone completely fucking different for no real reason, <laughs> right? Johnny, I'm looking at you. Uh, coming in all like the fons and ending it like some bloody uh, oh, oh I need this seventeen-year-old all of a sudden, you know, it's a little bit bloody weird. Isn't it? Um, so let's let's go through it and see where we're at and let's see if it can beat two out of ten, which is RoboCop. Uh, so yeah, we're starting off. We've got the uh, music and titles, wonderful, nice bit of music at the start and basically a slowed-down version of the raunchy dancing beyond the door with the water balloons, and uh, yeah, there's some good shapes going on there. A lot of like that kind of. Uh, Grinding and bumping going on, and then we were introduced to Calamans So for Kellerman's, turn to Butlins. So Dan, what's it like working at a campsite when uh, fresh meat? Sorry, not fresh meat. What they are called customers come to uh, <laughs> come in every Friday. <laughs> do you do hear uh, this when working there? Please don't fuck the guests. That that was a rule introduced in my second season. I don't I don't know why oh, I got did you so. get that introduced. <laughs> Hi Sal, hi Natalie. Yeah, the, the the fudge rule got brought in in 2001. <laughs> like so listen, so the the bit that I identified the most with was and it's something that carries on like you know last week we mentioned or the other week we mentioned um the brunches that you and I do. Mm. Where, we're the, where we're the show, right? Yep. And there's times when, you know, you have performed and stuff like that. But there's other staff that work there, that, you know, and they're the artists working ones in the room. Don't get me yeah. wrong, the, the bar team and the managers and the door staff and stuff like that. And you know that there is like a feeling within the room that when you turn up into a situation like that, and they do it in this movie where they kind of go, oh, the entertainment team yeah, are yeah, here. You know yeah. what I mean? And, 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 and I, I really felt that <laughs> watching it back. Yeah, and it, it's... I thought that too, because I, when I worked at Butler's View, I was more backstage, I was more doing sound engineering. And, you know, to be fair, even though I hadn't really done as much music then, I knew I had it in me. I was kind of thinking, I could sing better than that fucking Ricky. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever yeah, it might yeah. have been. And, and, but there is a bit of that, but a lot of these knobheads are working here like this, Bobby and that they're kind of just posh kids getting a bit of cash, aren't they during the summer Mm -hmm. season and all that. But Mm -hmm. yeah, it was very different to remembering when the staff um, were were welcoming the people of Barnsley, Sheffield, Doncaster, and the general North to Bullens. I will will say that. Um, First thing I did notice from here, I've got an absolutely brilliant Ryan's unsung hero in this one, by the way, he nearly fucked it at the end by speaking. He, (laughs) he He doesn't speak enough. And it's the way he speaks and he's enjoying his life that I'm leaving him where he is. So the first person I sort of noticed was Dennis Nedry. On yeah, the Dennis Mexico Nedry. Part. So I don't know the actor's real name. I just know the bloke from Jurassic Park, Dennis Nedry. It, it's weird, actually, because he was in Seinfeld as well. He played uh, Newman in Seinfeld and he was in, he was in this movie. He was quite a big, he was a relatively large name in the, uh, in the 80s and early 90s. And then after, after being Dennis Nedry, after that Dilophosaurus boxed him up, he, no one's ever seen him since. He was Wayne Knight. Or well, still is Wayne Knight, probably. but Wayne, yeah. Wayne... Oh my God. I've just seen Vivian Pressman now, how she looks. You know, the woman who's like the rich bloke's missus who's banging Johnny and just causes a bit of trouble? Yeah, yeah. The years have not been the best. That's all <laughs> I'm going to say. Because I was watching that thinking, hey up, hey up you know, All right. not All a bad right. situation. This is going to be a tough one to talk through without getting yeah. uh, offending some people. But anyway, so Dennis yeah. Reggie is on the microphone, the kind of classic red coat, kind of, come on, we're going to play some games, everyone. Come on, you know, enjoy. Uh, and then the family's coming in. Uh, do you know what? I forgot the family's name. So I forgot what her name is. Oh, it's the Housemans, isn't it? So baby's fam- Housemans for the Housemans. So, you know, they're a bit rich. Um, I'll say at this point, I was a little bit like Jennifer Grey, maybe shit at acting at this point. I mean, it's confirmed during the film. Uh, but at the start, I was just like, I think she's shit. And also, I've never seen a family that look less like each other. The mom, <laughs> Susan Sarandon, the dad looks like he's someone out of Greece who so you didn't know what he did. And the sister looks like she's from Honolulu. They're an absolute mix. And she looks like she could be from, I don't know, Bethnal Green. They're a right mix between them. Um, but yeah, that's the Housemans for you. And Houseman, I think, sounds like a Jewish name. Yeah. And Jennifer yeah, yeah, yeah. looks Jewish to me. Yeah. But none I of the dad good. does. Oh, yeah, no, I see. That's a good point. Sorry, let's get off the Jew thing because it could cause some uh, offense. So the first thing they do is they arrive, they see an old mate called Max who runs the place. I guess his name is Max Kellerman. That would make sense. And they go That's to it. a dance class where there's a lot of like really shit old people dancing around and you're thinking they don't want to be on this holiday with their mum and dad. But i tell you what, straight away, I love the look of it. I love the feel. I like the costumes. Uh, you know, though it was only probably 20 years before this, it's set when it's actually filmed. I thought it just it suited the time really well. The music was great, the look of it was great. So as an initial thought, did you like the overall look of the film? No. All right. So I, I had a I had a whole thing. So the first time I watched it, I used to really hate movies that were set too far in the past. The only one that got that got past me was Greece, because that was set in the 50s. But this being an 80s movie and set in the 60s for some reason I was like, I don't give a shit about the sixties. I already, wow. I already was sick of hearing about Elvis and the Beatles. Cause it was still relatively newish. You know what I mean? Like it's very easy to forget the timeline of things and how far things had gone, you know what I mean? And, mm. and how far things would have passed. So when you think about this movie specifically, it's like a movie being set in 2002, people have got Motorola razors. They're wearing two belts, they're wearing punky fish tops. And you know what I mean? And, And tight shirts and having streaks in their hair and all the other shit that I used to do. But, you know, like, I don't think that would be palatable for somebody who's seven years old watching a 2002 movie. And it might be the same back then. Because I was like, oh, God, it's set in the past. They don't even have a phone. But the irony is saying Elvis is Elvis died 10 years before this film came out. Yeah. 2002 is 20 years ago. Mm -hmm ironically so it's just a bit close to um so we're gonna now bring in johnny so johnny castle turns up or johnny yeah because the americans will say castle because they pronounce their vowels properly like the southerners in this country um so johnny turns up sunglasses on tipping over bits on a table complete badass now this changes remember kids we're starting off with johnny being a bit of a badass he's kind of guy mm. that cheer when he comes in the room he's basically dan fudge in 2005 how did it? Yeah, feel? Is, yeah. johnny castle in Skegness, dan I, uh, I, I didn't realize how much of an influence this movie had on me when it walked into <laughs> <Yeah>. a room. <laughs> I just kind of walked in like, all right, birds, yep, Fudge is here. We're all all right now. That's what's happening. Um, I'll tell you what I'll do. Uh, in the interim I'm going to give you uh, just if you just put a clap aboard there I'll give you some entomology of the movie before we started because I've just realized I've written about eight notes that we've probably already skipped past so I, I kind of just want to get no, no, in fuck I, it. remember I, when we didn't have the mute last time let's just go it chuck it in it's, it's, it's a free <laughs> state we're going to talk about watermelons next anyway so off you go all right so um, the writer of the movie for some reason whose name I didn't write down she um she got rejected from 42 studios to get this movie made. Um, she'd already written a movie called it's my turn. And uh, Michael Douglas was in that. Eleanor Bergstein. Eleanor, Ber- I knew it was Bergstein. I couldn't remember her first name. Um, so yeah, so she, um, she was essentially the original baby. So, uh, there, there'd be a load of, there's an interview with her where she went, if you're going to ask me a load of dumb questions about if I'm the baby, then I'm going to stop right here. Uh, so she was called baby. She did go to the Catskills and she did get off with one of the dancing performers. Uh, but that's where the similarity ends, apparently, even right. though when they cast Jennifer Gray, they wanted somebody with long curly hair like what she had in the, uh, in it back in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, they got rejected from 42 studios and then a video company who didn't really know what they're doing, who had only ever made video nasties, low budget films said, yep, we'll make the movie at a low budget of 4.5 million. Uh, Emil Ardolino had never directed a, um, a feature film before, but he was an Oscar winner, uh, who was born in dance. And, um, yeah. And with it only having 4.5 million, the music license to try and get all those old tracks from the sixties took up a lot of the budget. Um, the role that Jennifer Grey eventually got with the baby that was uh, considered Winona Ryder and uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, they were going to, uh, they were going to be in that role and they went they with act. Well, yeah, but uh, there, there's a bit of, they, they wanted her to be fresh faced and, mm. and then for uh, the character of Johnny, uh, Billy Zane. Uh, was uh, was cast, and they had him dancing with Ryder and Sarah Jessica Parker oh, and Jennifer really? Grey, and they, uh, yeah, there's, there's some footage of the old auditions, of, but they said that uh, Billy Zane danced like a kid at a prom. Yeah, but he uh, looks like fucking Elvis. He's a, a horrendous, He's I mean, he looks like what Elvis would be if he'd gone bald. He looks so much yeah. like Elvis Presley, it's unbelievable. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Oh, but he was picked on because uh, <laughs> Eleanor wanted somebody specifically with hooded eyes, and she she Found ways she went, this is the guy I want and uh but the big sticking point was that he couldn't dance, so I'd done no dancing in his really? prior career well, yeah and then it transpired that his mum uh, ran the biggest dance school in Texas, the biggest state right <laughs> and it turned out he danced loads, but he the reason it's not on his c v is because he shattered his knee uh being a football star in college so uh that's why he tried to avoid the dancing uh and then just finally, to wrap this up, there was a movie called Red Dawn prior to this uh, prior to this being made. And Swayze and Jennifer Gray were in this movie, and they had some previous, and they did not get on. They weren't mates, but they had the best chemistry in the uh, in the audition, so they had to go and cry it out in uh, in Patrick Swayze's uh, what is it trailer? shed thing that he's in a lot of the time yes well there you go I, I, we can always nip in with that Dan whenever I quite like it we don't have to cut back and do editing that's too much fucking work if you ask me um, so just as Johnny had done his intro and arrived Dan's just done his and you've teed me up perfectly for my I still haven't got a theme tune for this Ryan's random person so there's a bit of like music and shit going on at like what you'd call center stage if it was at Butlins like the big show venue in the uh, in Kellerman's and there's this bloke who's just, he's hes fucking, he reminds me a little bit of um, Cad Calloway. He's just there sort of, yeah. with the, he's doing like the, uh, what do you call it? Oh my God, conductor Dr fingers. Band. And he's just like this black fellow. He's got a white jacket on, these black trousers. He looks a bit dusty and a bit old. And out of nowhere, just turns around to the crowd and starts tap dancing the fuck out of it. Tap, tap, tap. And I think someone goes, your friend and ours. Tito Suarez oh, that's right Tito's here and he's just grinning away going fucking check out my sparkly feet there's some 80s appropriation right there for you the Like you know what I mean now, Tito later on does start having a chat with Max, the owner of Kellerman, saying something like, he so you can get me the sheet music? And he's having a right old time dancing with everyone. He's like getting into it. But at that point, Tito Suarez was my man. Uh, baby's a little bit, you know, bit nosy. wants to see what's going on and ends up holding a watermelon and crossing a bridge and then basically breaks into what can only be described as strikes in skegness (laughs) so So to to give you a bit of history listeners on strikes um obviously when you work at a large holiday camp there is a bar that a lot of the team go to because you know we worked on a camp where there was a camp a resort that was like 800 strong staff and we'd all go to a certain place on a certain night which was a bar called strikes and that's where we'd all go and each other yeah yeah so um so yeah, so that, that's what she walked into. She walked into strikes in Skegness in two thousand. she doing you. She came with me. She's with me. I I don't know. And it smells like sex, and it smells yeah. like grinding, and it's a lot of humping. It. And it's the classic, uh, you know, uh, the consorts, isn't it? Do you love me straight away? We're straight in there. That classic tune, which is famous for this, and then uh, then Johnny walks in. Uh, Because she's just gone in actually with like the cousin of Johnny or something. Mm It's like, look at fucking Johnny, and Johnny's just got shirts hanging off. He's just humping up against everyone with Penny, that blonde lass. It's all—it's just a lot of humping, a lot of like grinding, and a lot of bizarre moves that you know. Can I say I've never done those moves? No, I cannot. I tell you what—if just for the benefit of the listeners, if you uh, if you try and imagine going to right, (laughs) there's a bit in Benidorm right where all the English bars are. Uh, you know all the bars where the english people go when we conquered it in the 70s and uh, the the spanish call it the zona giddy, the uh, the foreigner zone and they don't let any of the locals in any of the spanish people in until 2am and at 2am all of a sudden it's it's you know it's descended upon by these latinas you know what i mean these big sexy young young spanish men that From go dago. in does it then become dago bar it <laughs> That elite gag, elite gag. Just let's have some waves to the crowd on that one. That's for you, Blair. Yeah, yeah. So uh, all of a sudden, the the dancing that they do is what the Spanish lads do to all the pissed up English girls at 2am where they just start thrusting their crotch on thinking they're the next Ricky Martin, not knowing what happens later on in his career. If you still can't imagine it, imagine trying, you've got a hard-boiled egg on your groin and you're trying (laughs) to push it up a pipe, which is facing down. From your groin, that kind of like you know, trying to <laughs> happens. Is that is that how you learnt it? not nah, just sort of pornography, way too young. Anyway, moving on. So she's in there dancing about, she has a dance with Johnny who's a bit of a prick, and she's dancing like a fucking robot, and you're going, Hey, this girl can't dance, her hips, her hips do lie. And then we meet uh, later on the grandson Neil. Uh, great name for this character as well, because he looks like a Neil. He's the yeah. grandson of uh Kellerman there. And I've just put grandson Neil, bit of a prick. Describes himself as catch of the county. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a good, county good, called good, Lincolnshire. And the, most of the things that people catch there, there's two things, really. One of them is game, as in hares, pheasants. And the other one is generally chlamydia. Um, So they're, they're the main things that you catch in that county. But Neil's pretending he is the catch of the county. Um, He's very happy with that. But he's clearly not the one. And I don't know about you, Dan, but I'm watching it sort of going, all right, I get it. She's this young lass. You don't really know how old she is. But I'm thinking, he's a lot older. Now, it turns out, I think he was 34, she was 26 when they filmed it. But if you look it up on Google enough, she's meant to be 17, he's meant to be 25. Now, listen, I'm not a fool. I know that when I was at school and I fancied girls at 17, 18, they had their eyes on them lads who worked down the garage, down the road, who were 22 and smoked. You know what I mean? That's kind of the way it's always been for both sexes, bitch ways around, whatever it might be. However, I did think, what would Johnny be doing trying to tap her? It's the big question with this film. He... Come on, she's about seventeen. Why? But in this, in this, uh, in this point in the movie, like he dismisses her, doesn't he? Because she can't yeah, even dance. Stupid. Still... And you know she's upset. Be yeah, come on, you know, you know. With these films, it's not like it's a surprise. To you. you go, but he took stuck his finger up her That would surprise me. But like, you know that this is going to end up with them getting together. And at this point, you're going, all right. She's got the infatuation of a young lass towards you know, like a yeah. heroic older man, whatever it may be. But what's he? What Johnny? What are you playing at, son? I think it was one of them where it kind of it grew as as the movie went on. Their love for each other. Uh, you know, she was already invested. She was already in. She'd signed up. But then, you know, there's a few times when uh, he pisses her off and she's out, and then he's in. He started going, "Oh my god, I've just noticed this girl." But then, yeah, by the end of it, all right, it's a bit, it's a bit nancy. So, but like, I. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if the uh, the liberal attitude of the uh, of the '80s was the same in the '60s, and uh, and Eleanor Bergstein wanted to get it quite authentic and specifically made her 17 and not the age of consent in the US, 18. But well, what I do quite like about it is how even you know early doors at Penny who gets preggers. It's not I had a bit of a thing with Johnny in the past, but it's not that. Mm-hmm. They just dance. They just love to dance. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like them the the cast we used to see at Butlins. They, go, they ain't banging. They just love to dance. Oh, that's because she's got a boyfriend, does it? What about if he leaves her? Oh, now they're banging. Oh, yeah. I see. <laughs> oh, they were just dance friends, were they? Fuck. He just had a boyfriend who was being civil, but now he's straight up there like a rat up a drain pipe or a man pushing an egg up a pipe with his groin, whichever way, <laughs> which I'm sure there's a euphemism in there. Uh, then we meet Robbie, who's a bit of a dick. And for some reason, um, baby's sister wants to bang Robbie, who's uh, the, the waiter. And we find out he's got Penny pregnant. Ooh, you know, we've got, a, we've got an abortion situation now. She's got to try and get the cash for an abortion. It sounds legit. Just some bloke's going to do it for two hundred and fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. So uh, she gets some money off her dad, who she loves. Dad steps up, here's the cash, and then it's like, well, I, I kind of got a bit confused here. There was a competition; they needed to keep doing the work to be able to get work for next summer. So they got in a girl who'd never danced before with Johnny. Yeah, that's that's the bit where it really falls down early doors, doesn't it? Like here's it, all these people literally dancing, yeah. a, a room full of them, people he already knows. Exactly. Like, <laughs> yep. Ellie's gone. Yeah, this rando, she'll do. She can't even dance. Yeah, but you're Johnny. I oh, know I am. I'm great. I oh, know. And you're like, look around, you silly sod. You can teach anyone, Johnny. You're Johnny Castle. Yeah, that's Isn't right. It? I am. I am Johnny Castle. Now I tell you what. Having seen kids sing, um are where ayo ayo ayo," and "Hey um, Ya," where members of the cast at Butlins used to teach kids who were on holiday to try and sing a part of the show on a Friday. You cannot fucking teach anyone. Because every week I saw kids going, shake it like a Polaroid picture in front of their mum. I am mean, you know, do you know what? as a dad, I'm probably looking at it in the future. I'm going to go, I'd be proud of her, what she did, but I'm sure there's going to be a time when she brings me back a picture that looks nothing like me. I'll go, that's shit. I <laughs> shit nothing. Clem, I have not got forearms. What the <laughs> fuck is that? You know what I mean? <laughs> um, I'll tell you what though, right? Do, do me a favor. You know, just one day, you know, like I, I really want you to be turned up to 11. You're having a shit day. And like Clem, she might be a bit too old to pull this shit. And it might be the day she learns where she goes, daddy, look at this. Daddy, daddy, you're not watching. Dad, watch this. And then just like turns around and jumps and does a star jump and then lands. And like, this and you're like, it. I don't want you to go. Is that it? Like, is that what you're wasting my time with? What kind of bullshit is this? I've got, I've got stuff to do here, Clem. Yeah. I don't think I told, I might have said this on the podcast. It's hard now. This is where it's getting harder. Because there's times you say to me, oh, you've never told me that story after 20 years where we might be. And I, then sometimes I think I have told him. Did I tell the story about the bird, the bird box, the bird box oh, in the nativity set? Oh, go on, re- refresh not. my memory. Go on. My dad, Bob Raspberry, as we call him, he is a carpenter and a man of craft, and his his father was the same, and his father is, and all this kind of shit. So it's I'm the one who's broke the mold by being some sort of wastrel of music and God knows what and things I do. Now. One time when I was doing CDT, or whatever it was called at school, when you're doing craft design and all that kind of shit, I got some bits of wood, nailed them together, found something somebody had done on a, uh, what do you call it? Uh, what's that thing called where you, you put the metal in it? L- the lathe, the lathe, made some chess pieces on a lathe. So I'd made oh, nice. kind of abstract thing of like, bit of wood here, bit of wood there, front and back on it, chucked some chess pieces in, took it home, went to my dad, look at this, I've made a nativity. Now, it was taking the piss, because this man made our kitchen and most of our house. He has craft. (laughs) What he did was, and you've seen our house, we've got that kitchen with the back door out, to the mum's got them fly things down the back door. He opened the back door and just threw it in the garden and smashed it. What? Anyway, you're taking the piss out of me, your heritage, and the skills you've got. You know you can do better than that. And I was just like, do you know what? He was kind of right. I kind of was. And when I actually genuinely made a bird table, he looked at it a bit like, and it stayed in the house it was allowed to stay but I love it. it just didn't even say a thing she went smashed it so I've seen it happen Dan <laughs> and it's Clementine if you listen to this in years come it's your granddad's fault so uh yeah so we're dancing on she's all the classic bits now she's dancing on the bridge she's dancing on the steps all the 60s yep. music now here we go there comes a moment where we play Hungry Eyes mm-hmm. great tune Eric Carmen. I do believe isn't it uh yes uh, Hungry Eyes, it's a great little tune. um, Quite sexy, actually, where Penny's mm-hmm. dancing behind her. There's a three, there's a two girls, and there's Johnny. But fuck me, that is an 80s tune right in the middle of 1963. Why are you dropping it? I've been meaning to tell you. Great chords and shit. But what the fuck? That's really, that's like doing a Sherlock Holmes thing in 1890 and dropping a bit of Drake in the middle of it. Like, what the fuck? You can imagine... You can imagine me remembering the end of that sentence before I started it. Carry on, Raz. Well, no, I just think that, like, you would... I I get it if it's a contemporary version of. You know what I mean? If someone's done, this is a modern version of, like, that vibe. Or if it's a, I don't know, a Wild West film and you've got all, like, morricone amazing fucking sound, and then you've put in a modern version of a Western sort of song with a... But it's a... You know, that big Hans Zimmer shit dropping. This is just a blatant 80s pop song in the middle of a 1960s-based movie. And I must say. You took me, it took me off a bit. This is the eighties montage, though, right? It's an eighties movie. She's getting slowly better at dancing as it goes on. The interesting bit about this is that Jennifer Grey couldn't dance for shit when she started this movie. Oh, but obviously Swayze could. So those scenes, you know, like where she runs her hand down his arm, down her arm, and she laughs, or or when he gets the steps wrong and stuff like that. A lot of that is quite genuine because the one, the one where she gets tickled under the arm. Uh, for some reason, she, her and Swayze are, are, are midway through a tear up at this point. And uh, she demanded to uh, to Ardlino, she went, um, I want a cheese platter. It's like late at night. They're in the middle of a field. Like, you know what I mean? They're in the middle of and demanded a cheese platter. And when you see Swayze roll his eyes all those times, they're, that's actually genuine because he was pissing her off. <laughs> like... So my big question from all of that is, what the fuck is a cheese platter? Oh, not just a piece of cheese. Uh, a literal smorgasbord of cheese, a cheese board maybe with the side of grapes. But what would you put on it? Is is it what we call a cheese board? It is. Oh, okay. Now here's a question: the digestive hovis ones—they taste so good. Now that's a that's a mixture of savory and sweet. I don't mind that. Oh, really? I yeah. I, I, I feel it's out of place. No, are. I, I can't have many of them. They're like a treat. It's almost like a, a little bit of a you know a, a little bit of a tasty dessert right in the middle of where we're going. Anyway, I, I digress because the next thing I've written down here is huge hair. Um, so there is a point where the dancing and I, you know, I used to, um, how do I say this? I used to, uh, shift a bit back in the day. I was known for the Michael Jackson dancing competitions that forced to do by my mother. And then it ended up with me going to a local dance group, which was mainly all the girls I went to school with and either liked and fancied or they liked me. Cause I had long hair. It was about really? nine percent. 10. So they went in, they put on Michael Jackson. Hey, it's like Ryan, who's on the news for dancing like Michael Jackson. I have never shat myself more in my life, but there's about 30 girls of your age going, go yeah go, go and it's just like fuck, i've never danced so bad in my life but one thing i will say is when i did that bit of dancing i had quite big bouffanty hair and a mullet and i didn't ever like it being on my face because you got hot and there's a lot of big hair still in this film even though it's 60s and he's got a bit of equipment there's an 80s touch to it isn't it there's a bit of an 80s twang to the way they a looking still yeah it, it, it i mean this 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 gets it really well you know when elvis came out and do it and girls were screaming much to the ch- chagrin of the parents. And they're like, what's this? And then upstairs, you've got the, you know, the family Foxtrot happening where everybody's step, step two in and all the rest of it. And then at the back of the, at the back of the park, they've got people grinding on each other as to fight. I think they did that really well um, to, to try and make sure oh, you've done me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, go on. You've done me. <laughs> I, thought, I did a certain hand gesture to see how long it'd be before Dan couldn't keep ignoring it. So yeah, if you wonder what that is, play it back. You'll hear it approaching like a thunderous train. So yeah, so they did that really well. The bit where they kind of, you know, it was pissing the parents off what they were doing and where they were going and, and what they were up to when they were going out. And, and it kind of, it brought that in really well. I've genuinely forgot what the interest <laughs> of that bit was. <laughs> it, was uh, with, yeah. it was to do with big hair. But I'll move to Johnny's smashy car window. Can't get your keys out the car. Smash it with a, a massive post out the floor. Yep. that's see, This is what annoys me with Johnny. He starts off all sunglasses on. Then he gets a bit tender and he's all like tickled down the arm. Oh, I'm a serious dancer and all this yep. kind of shit. He'll smash a car window to get his keys out. You know what I mean? Because he's like, let's get out of here. And then they're doing log dancing, dancing on the log. It's not some sexual innuendo thing. Interesting point about the log dancing. That's um, a different log to win the wide shot, surely. No, the, uh um the ones where Jen- Jennifer Grey used a stunt double. So even when they're in the car and they're bouncing along in the car, you'll notice that she's got big bouffant hair. That's where I was going to go. It was the hair thing, right? <laughs> so Jennifer Grey's got, got a stunt double and she's got this terrible wig. So when it comes to the shots on the log where you, you, you can see she's only ever facing down and you can't really get a shot of the face and the hair's all different. And then it's like close-ups of uh, of Jennifer Grey who's apparently on the log, but she isn't. But Patrick Swayze wanted to be on the log because he was very machismo. Apparently he was, he was the guy. He was the chap mm. and um and kenny ortega said to him oh by the way if you fall off this there's going to be hundreds of people out of work here so I'll be careful guess what he did he fell off it made his bad knee even worse and it held up production for two weeks is that kenny ortega of the i'm Bates with michael jackson fame listen if you're if you're famous in the 80s and you passed away kenny Ortega's going to turn up somewhere and establish himself into your career and memory he's like a american version of bruno Toglione. exactly that just pops up but it's just not quite as camp um so yeah log dancing and then i've put a bit that dan will just oh god i can't i love music and i love that it brings people joy i love the working class i love the north i love a lot of it i mean there's certain bits where i'm just like just fucking behave yourself right but one thing i can't really accept is the way that the north has adopted and enjoys that awful version of hey baby Hey, hey baby Ooh, ah, it, oh, ah, oh no. Like the original song, never used to really mind it. And then being at Butlins, I can't even listen to the fucking original anymore because it makes me think of a load of people from Grand Colliery going, oh, ah, with emphysema or something. Just like, oh, uh. Dan, talk, talk us through how hey baby, like just that earworm shit. So, "Hey Baby" was a uh, a track that came out in two thousand and one from German DJ DJ Otzi, and it became one of the big summer smashers of that year. And uh, it became quite big in that you know there was always the song of the summer that everybody kind of came home from holiday singing. One year it was "Follow the Leader," one year it was DJ Otzi, right? Chacha slide cha cha slide, party hard, play. So the you know there was that that was that one of that year, and yeah. um. And then the worst thing was, was when I tried to go and watch Sheffield Wednesday um, and they tried to sing that on the terraces because it was such a catchy call and response track. It went, Hey, Wednesday, I want to see Wednesday score a goal. Oh, ah, eh. No, stop it. Stop it yeah and do you know what's funny about this though you've just just this, again we definitely brought this up before so football for those who it's a soccer if you're listening from away from england and uh you're wrong um but football for those in the uk we all sort of sometimes share songs now my team nottingham forest and dan fudge's uh, beloved sheffield wednesday do tend to share a song now it's quite funny this song because we sing a bit at the end of it which is it's to me is just normal it's just what yeah. you and they sing a bit to them which is normal but they actually work perfectly together as we will now show you so together two three four never felt more like blues. Blues. Oh, singing, singing the blues before you see you got me now that sounds completely out of sync because we're doing it across a zoom call but the what could and the sing what sing what sing it just works it's uh, and obviously we wouldn't sing it together unless we were playing the Rapscallion Pig Blades or Sheep in Derby County in Sheffield. Yeah, yeah. County. If you support either of those teams, I hope you enjoy the podcast, but also, ah, ah, get in bit. Well, you can't really do that, unfortunately. I can't, I can't do that. They're literally playing Premier League football next season. Anyway, I've now written down Waterlift, very famous, yep. good nipple work. Yep. Uh, yep. for, I've that, become uh, a bit in this pod, Dan. It's the first one yeah. I've become a bit like, yeah, yeah, a yeah, bit, bit lechy. Although there's no eighties boobs and cocaine parties in this one, actually, is there? So, but that, um, interesting enough, that lake, you know, the entire place where they filmed it, uh, in. I want to say Vermont, somewhere like that. Or... Uh, it said on the sign where they went through New York State. So Yeah, it, it's set in New York State, but the place where they actually filmed it is, is essentially a shrine to Dirty Dancing. It's got like the ballroom from the end scene and all the light fittings are the same. But the only thing that's not there anymore is the lake. For some reason, the lake just isn't there. Oh. And But there is a, a genuinely nice um, plaque to, uh, to commemorate Patrick Swayze after he uh, passed away in 2009. I uh oh, he's right. I just I was trying to see where it was on here. Patrick Swayze had to convince Jennifer Gray to be in the film because she disliked him so much while yeah, Red Dawn, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, but, do you know what? I, I saw this as well. There's a bit where they're playing um, these uh, Love Man by Otis Redding. Mm-hmm. I thought it was at the time, I thought it was later on. Sitting on the Dock of the Bay sessions by Otis Redding, he died around 1967. This is 63, that hasn't been recorded. Just throwing that out there. It wasn't even a thing. You couldn't even listen to that song. I haven't been done. Brilliant. Um, so yeah, Log Dancing, Hey Baby, Water lift. Mambo Magic. So they go and do this gig at the other place. She won't do the lift. And you're in your head, you're going, well, I wonder what's going to happen here. She's going to do the lift somewhere down the line. Uh, yep. Then dad comes and saves Penny. No one really knows what goes on behind that door. And he's a cardiologist. So yep. she's obviously had a really bad abortion or something. She's not well. She's right on death's door. He comes in with some, summer in a, in a in a syringe and leaves with his bag just going all right that's that's, that's yeah it. i don't think uh i don't think two middle-aged men uh talking about talking about ladies bits and what happens in that type of uh, bits is uh it's it's for public consumption no dad uh, I, I didn't <laughs> mean all that. I, meant it, I meant it more as in i thought i don't know if i'd read it on something before that he was a cardiologist right so I'm, then i'm just sort of thinking about medicine in general when she's going dad dad come and help I thought it would be something more to do with pain relief and stuff. because I was thinking, I'm sure you are not usually qualified in both areas. But, hey, we'll leave that for any cardiologists or gynecologists to get in touch. Where did you get cardiologists from? He's a heart surgeon. That's why I think Max, the owner of the butt, thinks, says, you've saved my life. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be here because he's done a heart operation on it. Oh, I thought he was just a general surgeon? Let's just say that that's what it is, because I doubt he's done anything on his, uh, for gynecology for Max, the owner of Kellerman's, so let's go with a heart surgeon, shall we? And we've just made a new law. Um, so, there's a bit here where I've mentioned Johnny a lot, because Johnny all of a sudden fucking changes. Yep. So, Daddy's a bit annoyed uh, because of, all you know, oh, bloody hell, what you're doing here with him, get away. So, she decides to go out and fuck Johnny. Yep. And then, everything changes. Yep. There's a bit where, all of a sudden, he becomes very needy. For the love of, oh, the rich man. You know, I'm from the streets. I'm going to give you a list of what I've written. You can pick out what you want. Shagging Johnny. Baby goes, Johnny. Really bad acting. Johnny Street Shagger. Where he's going, who, how about you slept with loads of women? Well, you know, I'm from the streets, innit? So like, when I'm here, you know, these women throwing money at me and all that, you know? It's hard for me to know what to do, baby. Johnny gets stroppy and childish. There's a bit where Johnny's sort of just going like, oh, but you. You're going to go and all like This, I'm like, what's happened to this bloke? And the next bit, class war, Johnny. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it just, uh, uh, next it's the thieving Schumacher's, which i will come to later on. But Johnny just <laughs> becomes a real wet wipe and becomes yeah. a bloke who, again, let's remember 17 year old, 25 year old becomes very much pandering to her and like, <laughs> did you notice that too? He changes. Yeah, yeah. so he, he tries to portray himself as, as misunderstood, as it were. Like, hey, I'm from the streets. I had to earn my way to get this place and all these people. And I don't know how to act in these, in these upper-class places and this upper-class type of area. You know, I'm just a working-class guy. And, uh, yeah, and he comes across as a bit wet at this point. And all of a sudden, big, cool Johnny that turned up in that first scene died in that moment, didn't he? He pushed a spoon off a table at the start yeah. without any fucks given. Zero. All Look, that Look, regard my fucks. There are none of them when it, it to spoons. My field, it doth empty. Yes, of course. My furrow is ploughed. Uh, but now, when it comes to, I've had sex with a 17-year-old, I am now a social climbing. I've had to have sex with all these blokes' uh, wives because I'm just a poor guy from the wrong side of the streets. You don't understand the way it is. I mean, for somebody like me. Last month, I'm, I'm eating juju bees to keep alive. This month, women are stuffing diamonds in my pockets. In it. Yeah. So essentially, he's been whoring himself out to the world, women is, is what he's been saying. And it was the, it was the, in the names of the word of the knack who did my Sharona, the touch of the younger kind that did it to him. So there you go, Johnny. I can't believe I've actually used it. That's a weird lyric as well, actually. We'll leave that one alone. Um, so then it turns out that the, uh, the wife that he has been banging, who I, I told you was a very attractive woman in the film probably not so much now, uh, she uh, spies Johnny and Baby having an exit from his shack that he lives in. Mm. He seems to live in the woods a bit. He reminds me a bit of John J. Rambo, actually. Just, <laughs> just minus the bazooka that's been shot at his tunnel he's living in, you know? That's he's what not they're at Yeah. And he says something like, oh, there's a lot going on here. I bet you've got a nicer house. And All right, Johnny, give it a rest. We know you're a poor little dickhead. You know what I mean? Whatever. She sees it. He gets shot for stealing wallets. And of course, Baby's got to tell everyone he didn't steal the wallet because he was railing her. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dad. Now, I put myself in that situation once, and it's not an easy cave to dwell in. Here's the story. (laughs) Go on. I was just going to get in close here. So ladies and gentlemen, so Ryan's about to come in your ears. Not quite. So when you're a youngin', and even if you're getting up to bits and bobs, you never want your mum and dad to know. It's embarrassing, and you don't want to think that they do it and you don't want them to know that you might do it. Now, at 18 years old at university in the steel city of Sheffield, I decided to go back and visit my girlfriend in Lincoln. Now, with some rather spicy language, I decided to, how do I put this, say, here comes the train, shall we say? (laughs) Ooh, pain, blood everywhere, end of cock exploded. Later that day, we're meant to be visiting girlfriends, mum and dad in Lincoln, so we had to call them and go, during sex, Ryan's dick is... Exp- yeah, there you go. There's your story. So the father had to come and pick us up and go, oh, that must hurt. He's basically sitting there going, you were tapping my dick. You know what I mean? Just lapping his head off. But that's the moment where I basically, unlike baby going, I was with Johnny, I had to go, you may have noticed, Richard, that my uh, my dick has exploded uh, and there'll be a reason for that. That's I'm sure you know. And then I had stitches and God knows what, which was absolutely terrifying. But yeah, I thought no, you knew that story anyway. There's more to it. I'll tell you another time podcast. Let me see if I can uh, if I can trump it or or even equal it. I you know I I feel it like you could have made it, some. It, it didn't trump it for a long time after that. I tell you, <laughs> I, <so> I, <laughs> I feel like you sure could have I made helped. something up like, about why you know why your bits were in bits. But I, I for some reason the, the the sheer truth just all I will say was the words were coming out of a doctor's who's holding a needle about to to make it numb and says the words one inch laceration. <laughs> yeah. Went to it, grab. The, the the bed grabbed his leg, stabbed it twice. Anyway, go on, off you go. Santa Maria. Okay. So, <laughs> so I was, uh, I was post coitus with my girlfriend in my late teens. And uh, I, I did that, um, you know, that Ace Ventura style naked walk across the landing, thinking yeah. that no one was going to see me, uh, you know, just to, just to give myself a bit of a horse bath. Yeah. So, as I've, as I've gone to the bathroom, I, I felt the handle go behind me. I blocked myself into the bathroom and I went, sorry, I'm just in here. And it was a mum and uh and i've 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 not got a stitch on at this point right you know what i mean and uh and i went i won't belong she went all right i'll wait then i've just got to put some towels in the airing cupboard (laughs) so so now i'm there ass naked right uh and she's now waiting outside the door. I told her I weren't going to be long. I couldn't I couldn't think of anything offhand, because all of a sudden that fear and dread comes over you. I couldn't think of anything witty to say about, oh, don't wait, just leave them there. I'll sort them out or something like that. You know what I mean? I was you like 19. You could have covered up with? No, she had the towels in a bloody hand. She was I putting... <laughs> so I just... I literally just walked out, cupping myself and went, "All right," and I just shuffled to absolute guffaws of laughter back, in, back into back home. And that's what you want in your late teens, didn't it? Everybody yeah. wants that. Oh God, man. There's, we'll try and bring some of these out each time. I remember mate, Scott Newby on Aldi and he's a, uh, We've been meeting these girls, and we were in a, a, a campsite with my mum and dad, them sort of key camp tents and all that. And I've been seeing a few lasses there from different countries in Europe, trying to be a bit cosmopolitan. And he'd ended up with some girl who looked like Jimmy Cranky, who was uh, from Scotland for the whole holiday, which at school, oh, can, that doesn't count, does it? Even though it was just him and and they had sex because I was with him. Yeah, you know I mean, that kind of shit. He comes trawling back in the tents he comes back in the room with me it's all quiet he's getting into his bed i'm half asleep and i just wake up half asleep and go why are your pants on backwards and he fell to the floor going oh no! and just hear my mum and dad like going ah i've like, just been served and it generally wasn't meant it was just sleepy ryan just going why are your pants on backwards oh that'll be and his face was like great now my mate's mum and dad know i've been tailored you know the things that really, looking back, you would sort of laugh at now, but as a kid, yeah. they're just fortifying, aren't they? So yeah. Johnny doesn't give any fucks. He's tapping a seventeen-year-old, and the dad's there. Yeah, uh, right, that's that's worse than any story we've just told, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It all depends if you're twenty-five. If you're twenty-five, your mum and dad. Imagine your mum dad coming to Butlin's, going all right, dad, I've been tapping any sixteen-year-olds, seventeen-year-olds. You'd be like, no. No. Johnny. No. I know. Anyway, well, through. so next it turns out the people who've been stealing it have been the thieving a couple of old people uh, nearly mm-hmm. became my people in the background because mr schumacher in particular looked like a bearded version of uh, bilbo baggins uh mm-hmm. ian holm god rest his soul and then we get she's like the wind now this is another bit i could have put in the things i knew before i knew this song from the theme tune from the soundtrack that we had i also knew it had a certain power to it so when i used mm-hmm. to sing in brighton back in the days when i was younger and Thinking I was sexy and doing my music, I used to every now and then drop this motherfucker in as a as a as a cover, along with May I add, uh, I just haven't met you yet by Michael Bublé, and I used to no, but I used to oh. do that as like a rockier version because so the girls go, oh look at him, he's edgy and indie, but he's doing a modern song that we all secretly love. Mate, I knew what I was fucking doing. Um, so I'm doing this, she's like the wind, and I started like that, and I swear to God, up there with maybe singing someone from the labyrinth, the look on faces that kind of went, I don't even care what you look like anymore. You're singing Patrick Swayze in a bar, we love you. And it was so powerful. Now, And that's because of Swayze. It's nothing to do with my skills as yeah. anything, but I've seen that firsthand where, when you get to the look on your face and you see them your body to, it's like, fuck me. This is a powerful song. And Swayze's singing it, isn't he, in the film? I mean, you don't see him singing it. Again, I kind of forgot that it was an 80s track in the middle of a 60s film at this point, but that is a sexy song. He wrote it in the late 70s, actually. He'd written it for a while. And uh, he wrote it, and because they'd spent most of the budget unlocking those songs from the 60s, because music's not cheap, um, he he just walked up up and went, "Uh, well, if you want some music, I've I've got one for you, lads. And they went, all right, here you are. And they just just put it in. It's a great song. It really is. I mean, some very weird lyrics in it, but otherwise it's powerful and it's good. And uh, you will see on our social medias that I uh, tinkle the ivories again. Uh, But keep back, ladies. I'm taken and I'm very happy. So, you know, don't be sending me your knickers or a sock. (laughs) You know did you just wink i winked at you yeah did, if i was singing she's like the wind you'd have been in control um so coming to the end now so there's a big show at the end johnny's fucked up yep. she's like the wind it's gone uh but then what i like about this is the show is really banal isn't it it's all like a kid on a ukulele and it's all like goodbye from the Kellermans and what johnny's gang or his uh strikes uh nightclub people from skegness they're all oh johnny's gone all a bit like that, all folded arms around the outside looking pissed off. What's funny is they look like something from the Lost Boys. They look like they're from the 80s. (laughs) They've got bouffant hair. They've all got very 80s. I know there's a bit of an 80s, 60s crossover some ways with sort of the big um, sort of surfer shirts and the bowling shirts, but they look like they're from a completely different decade. And then Johnny rocks in. He's like, shut this shit up. Here's a bit of fucking, (laughs) I've had the time of my life, which again, it sounds so 1980s. Dan, I mean, it's an 80s classic. You played it how many times in a bar? Oh, I've, I've ended many a night with it. But what you're forgetting is the immortal line. Nobody puts baby in a corner. Now, don't get it. the, weird, the weirdest bit is Swayze hated it. The director hated it. Uh, Eleanor Burstyn <laughs> hated it. Nobody liked this line. And um, why is it in there? And she's not even in a corner. She's more of a she's pillar. She's sort of in a bit of a, an alcove-y bit. Yeah, she's and in can... a, No, yeah. Nobody puts baby in an alcove. Don't, don't really have the same it, but also... nobody liked it he's not heard the conversation before either. So he's just strided in and he's mm-hmm. more or less done it on observation going, it's like me walking in and going, no one makes Dan Fudge stand next to a bar. And you'd be like, right, what's that got to do with anything? Well, just, that's just what I've seen. Because <laughs> that's what yeah. he's basically doing. No one, no one makes, because she's just sat there. That's a really weird yeah. thing to say to someone. So who put that yeah. in? Who, who's, who's the reason if that line? Yeah. I don't know. Nobody liked it. Nobody liked it. But the, the weird thing for me is that, you know, Johnny's mates, his gang, the Lost Boys, and all the rest of it, they're employed by that by that resort. They're employed by that hotel. So if this is the big customer service feedback coming, yeah. winner, yeah. why are they not in the show? Just like that. Ah. They just stood there like, you know, it is the big show to say thanks a lot. Thanks a Fuck lot for it. coming. But the dancers, the the, the, the talented people, the people that, that have been teaching, they're not in it. Because you got rid of Billy You got, you got rid of Johnny. You got... You sacked Billy Burr. so we're all going on. Isn't it? It's, Isn't it's it? the equivalent of getting rid of Billy Bloody Bear. But what's funny is that when he comes in, there's a dance ready to go. The ready to go. If you're it, it, practicing it for, for ages and, and his lip comes in and there's all the step digging and all the rest of it, and That's then... It, do you know what? This song is a great one. I really, I, I think it's a really good song. All right. It is overplayed to shit, but it, the, the the lyrics in it and the, the intro, I think, are absolutely outstanding when you really dress it down just as a song in a movie. Oh, it's amazing. Um, and then the, the final pose, um, you know, the bit where he jumps off the stage prior to that, that he did that, that was the eighth take. And um, he shattered his knee again because he Fuck fucked up his knee. So he had to go back. And the last day of filming was literally that pose. That was oh, the last yeah. day of the filming. And um, they got it on the fourth take. They got an Oscar for that song, which I think is, is, is a solid pop song. I think, do you know what's funny as well? We were talking about shows we've done and like, what do you end it with? And I was looking at all these 80s songs going, come on, Eileen, nobody knows the verse. All right, power of love. Nobody knows other bit than Don't Say Money." That's it there's so many of these songs that are big songs that nobody knows you know maybe dance with somebody everyone knows every bit this song i reckon everyone knows the verse as well it's one mm-hmm. of those where maybe it's because it's got a male part and a female part mm-hmm. and also it's got a tie-in a little bit with um top gun because it's one of the righteous brothers singing it who did you've lost that loving feeling so there's a bit of a tie-in with our other films there for you Well, mm-hmm. it's just like God. a it's great it's a great song it's a fucking great song um and i must admit that's the bit where i got a bit emotional I don't know if it's because I actually felt, even though I thought she was quite wooden, I think he's all over the shop in terms of what his character arc is. I just genuinely felt happy from, and I think there was a bit with yeah. the dad as well, thinking maybe one day I'll be watching my daughter like meet somebody, and all it's kind of, and it just it just got me a bit. Maybe I was feeling sentimental, but I I did get that sting in, but it didn't go. No water came out. I didn't get sweaty eyes. You know, the uh, there's the, the something. So Eleanor Bergsey said, said this about this movie like 30 odd years later. She said, when you go to a room full of people, I mean, this movie has made of millions over the years. Don't get me wrong. But like I so said, when you go to a room full of people um, and you ask who's seen Dirty Dancing, not only have majority of people seen it, they also have a bit that they, they identify with. Mm-hmm. yeah, For some reason, like for, for us, it's like, oh God, the performers are here. Or the bit where, you know, his dad finally realizes that his young daughter's a woman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or 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 being this confused kid from the streets in in Johnny, or you know what I mean. Everybody identifies with something from it, and I think it's a lot deeper than than what it uh than what you actually give it credit for in 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 some respects. And then after the reshoots, after it was going to get given an R rated, uh, a restricted uh, thingy uh, rating, and they uh, they they rang up the uh, the American version. I can't remember what they called the classification people, like the BBFC. And uh and they had to take out, and I've written this, two fucks and one shit to get PG 13 <laughs> But they also wanted her to take out the abortion storyline, the abortion arc. But that literally starts everything off. That 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 has to be there. And so Eleanor Bergstein wouldn't uh, wouldn't take it out. It is quite weak how it does connect to it, but I get you. Do you know there's also a sweet moment where uh, Max Kellerman. So, the, I've said that man's name so many times tonight. Um, he's having that bit where he's going, Do you know what? Maybe the kids don't want this anymore. They should be going around Europe and looking at places and stuff rather than being here mm-hmm. with their parents listening to this. And then, you know what I mean? He's kind of, even though he's loving it and it's his world and whatever it is, he's, I thought that was quite a sweet moment as well. It's almost like a passive mm-hmm. like it says, she says at the very start, the Beatles haven't happened yet. You know, Kennedy was still alive, things like that. So, um, yeah, yeah it's, it is a nostalgic thing. And I think it's, um, overall, I just kept thinking when I was watching it this is all right this i felt uncomfortable i just felt comfortable about the way that she was almost like that young teenage lust towards stuff which even though i felt it we've all felt it, it'll it happen for every teenager that ever exists ever again it will be a thing that's there but i think maybe but just the fact that he acted on it kind of yeah, yeah you know but, what i mean but have i have i only ever had relations with people my age or older not, not, really the case, is it, Dan? You know, what I mean, we're all uh, we're all human beings. I'm not in any way saying I've been out to 17 year olds when I was 25, but I'm just saying these are things that uh, you know probably do occur. And I can I can see how it's a woman's film and a man's film in different ways in terms of what mm. a man would get out of it and what a woman would get out of it. I don't mm. think as many guys would watch it going, I "Wish I could uh, get myself a 17 year old." So, uh, do you know what I mean? I think that would be seen as very strange. Whereas I can see the lust and the longing from a younger woman towards like this kind of like iconic figure. Um am oh, mm-hmm. sure it might be. It's um, going to come to that part where I sort of uh, overall say what we think and I, I like to start with you on it, Dan. So, uh, I don't know. Are you looking at it from this point of view or looking about it from a seven-year-old who was uh, fancying his uh, babysitter? Oh, no, you didn't fancy the babysitter. It was somebody in a film. Sorry. Um, what are you giving it? And why? Well, if you'd have asked me at seven years old, I'd have said five, but watching it back as a grown-up, it, it's an eight for me. It's an eight eight is that your highest yeah that's up there with alien. no I, th- I think i gave uh, i think i gave one a nine it might have been alien um but so yeah this is th- th- up there with alien i no, it's one less but yeah i i think this is this is a real good movie i i do like the story of getting the movie green lit and it getting rejected and all the rest of it i do like all that but i've only learned that in later life and i i think the holiday resort element of it speaks to me a little bit more than it would if you haven't really experienced that world to some extent as well. I don't want to try and make it esoteric, but that's that's my identification with the movie a little bit. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Uh, I think there was moments in it where I genuinely felt warm and felt like it was lovely. And Mm -hmm. that would have pushed me up into the eights and stuff like that. Initially, that's kind of where I think I look at this. There is just bits of it though where I just thought it was dog shit in terms of the acting and stuff <laughs> and I couldn't let that go because but only because it was inconsistent if someone's all the same the way through or a character is I'm almost quite like, you know it's fine like you look at um, Coming to America it's two completely different fucking films uh, the bloke yeah. was you know it's the king's penis is clean and the next minute we're sort of slumming it in Queens where we are, I'm going to go with a six and a half Damn! oh is that that's quite low that's lower than I thought I don't think it deserves a much sm- oh, you know what? the music's fucking good though isn't it the music's excellent seven like, are you going seven for now I think that's fair. Uh, are we pushing RoboCop down if you're making that a seven? Are we still keeping that? It's we'll see on at the minute too. I just feel like I should make it be a one soon. But no, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to listen back to the end of the pods and sort of give all these as a bit of a list so I can keep an idea of what it is as comparative to. Because yeah, yeah. that's as important as just trying to think. Um, so no, thank you. That was uh, that was enjoyable, that one. I think uh, we're going to go to a bit violent this time. We mentioned it last time and maybe doing it, but are you thinking we should go and see, uh, was it JCVD? <laughs> JCVD that's Jesus a member of NSYNC and in a, in, in a, in a dose of a sexually transmitted disease <laughs> Jesus so. Christ when disease. Yeah. Uh, yeah so John claude Van Damme uh, yeah so what is it first blood, blood sport what's it what we call kickboxer which one did you want to do I think we'll have a little gleg in it. I, I think the one that I think stands out where, oh no, I told you didn't, and Normie said about it. I think it was Bloodsport. That was the one that he mm-hmm. said was the seminal Western uh, ninja film of or something ridiculous like that. And maybe get Normie on. I think after that, though, we'll probably try and break the rules a little bit and bring, not break the rules, but revisit films from other people because I'm t- I really want to see Terminator. Okay. okay. Uh, and I think there's some Stallone stuff in there, some Rocky to go into. Um, also, there's been quite a lot of clamor uh, from the social media to do uh, Evil Dead 2. Uh, specifically too so, yes that's the one that's saying that you'll just yeah so evil dead i might just watch on my own at some point then just rocking with evil dead too and see what okay. i'm and then also i need you to either watch uh with nail and i or something like that as well okay deal deal but yes enjoy like i say as always guys you can uh drop us a message at uh, twitter which is at y n w t pod and email us at ynwtpod at gmail.com. Uh, there is a link tree with everything on. We'll try and update all the latest things on there. Always drop us a message. If there's a film you really would like to see a couple of knobheads talk about, uh, by all means, drop us that in as well. And I'd like to know your favorite dance move. That's it. I don't care if it's cha-cha-cha, if it's the pase doble, or if it's the mambo. I just want to know your favorite dance move you've ever done. It could just be a bloke called Ian falling off a slide but landing it. It's a move. Dan, uh, anything else you're looking to hear from the people? Uh, the egg up a drain pipe is my favorite dance move. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you can get an egg and push it up a drain pipe with your groin and put that on video, we will be sending out free cinema tickets to an Odeon of your choice. Uh, maybe. Uh, but that's it for me. Dan, say goodbye to the people. See you later, folks. See you. Later.